to Embrace Your Beautiful Destiny, a show where we will talk about finding beauty in the most unconventional places in our lives. So every week, we'll talk about dealing with disappointment or overcoming frustration, dealing with stuff that just gets under your skin and derails you. We'll also have amazing guests on here that will be sharing their stories. So I'm your host, Shanna Strange. Let's dive in. Well, good morning, friends. Hey, what are you doing on Saturday morning at 6.45? I am making a podcast episode. My life is so crazy. I think I talked about this last week, how things are just uh, so different. I've gone through a transition. Hey, if you're in a transition, you're not alone. And if you're struggling in that, you can go, I think, go back a couple of episodes where I talked about surviving transitions. Um, I've learned how to do that because I've been through so many of them. Um, but how to how to survive them and not lose your mind right in the middle of it. Not just, you know, survive and uh, be a basket case, but actually survive and be okay. So if you're struggling with that, you can go back and check out that episode. But uh Today, I want to talk to you about something that I feel like uh, I have been to uh, college for, maybe you have a master's degree in, spiritually speaking, and that would be how to embrace the life you have and let go of the disappointment. (laughs) Um, I mean, I'm laughing and almost sounded like, probably like Sarah a little bit whenever the angel came to her, you know, after she... They had been promised, her and um, Abraham had been promised to have a son, and it had been like 24 years. And the angel's like, you you know, he's telling Abraham, you're going to have, this time next year, you're going to have a son. And she laughs. And the angel said, did you just laugh? And she lied and said, no. It was almost like this uh, delirious laugh. I think that's probably what my laugh just sounded like, a little bit of delirium, because, um, Boy, do I know what it's like to wait on God, to wait for a promise. I'm still waiting on the fulfillment of God's promise. And what's interesting about it is God didn't say, Hey, Shane, I want you to wait until, um, you know, the promise has been fulfilled. I actually want you to teach while you're waiting. <laughs> and there's the laugh again. And uh, as opposed to waiting until it's all over, because I want you to give people hope right where they are. And I want them to see that it's possible to live from a place of victory and hope and joy even when you're waiting on the promises of God and from a place of faith while you're waiting on uh, me to fulfill my word to you. And so I guess that's why I do this. And um, if you've followed me at all, if you know who I am, uh, you'll know that, you know, just quickly my backstory is that I I received a promise from God. Um, It's probably been about, oh gosh. Um, I think it's been about 15 or 16, 17 years now concerning music. And, uh, I tried to make that happen and I got, you know, a certain ways into that. And I was able to get some uh, success in that, got signed with the label and that kind of thing. And then within a year, all of that fell apart and my life kind of crumbled and all the doors shut for me that I thought would were God's will. And so I was left with you know, a lot of disappointment. I was left with a lot of um, 
just really not understanding the Lord, you know, having thought he spoke something to me and then it, it not working out. And I mean, a lot of people in the Bible experience this, you know, Joseph and Abraham and Sarah and anybody who waited on God a long period of time, um, thought the dream was one thing and it ended up being something else. So that, that's what I mean when I talk about, you know, embracing the life you have and letting go of the disappointment of what you thought it would be. Uh, you know, I, I've learned how to live in such a way that I'm not depressed or angry or upset anymore. Um, no, I'm not living in what I thought God spoke to me right now, but I still have this hope and this faith that it won't die. Like no matter, no matter what I go through, it, it feels like, you know, there may have been moments in, in what I've walked out that it seemed like the faith I had for the dream or the dream itself died. But it always comes back. It always gets resurrected. I actually just had another dream last night. God gave me a dream. And uh, I wasn't even thinking about music. And he gave me a couple of dreams. And I know he was doing that to remind me, it's this is still my plan for you. Like, music is still part of my plan for you. And um, I used to get angry with him when he would do that. Because it, for me, I felt like it was easier just to let go of that dream and move on with my life um, than it was to still hold it in my heart and still be tender towards it. Um, but I've learned, uh, I guess, over the past seven or eight years that you can actually hold a dream in your heart and still be tender and not be, grow cold or angry with God. You can still hold that in your heart and still enjoy your life even though you're not living out your dream. That is powerful. You can still have a dream from God. Still. Uh, be tender towards it, still be willing and, and still believe that it's going to come to pass um, in the middle of waiting on God and, and, and not be depressed and not be angry and frustrated. You can enjoy your life right where you are. That sounds like Joyce Meyer. I'm not trying to steal her, her slogan, but um, it's so true. I, I'm assuming she must have walked through this too, or she wouldn't have had such a truthful statement about waiting on God and enjoying your life. But Yesterday, uh, you know, I worked about 50 hours this week and um, doing something I never really wanted to do again. And I, I talked about that last week. And um, But I'm not letting that steal my joy. I'm not letting that frustrate me. I'm still going to enjoy my life, even though <laughs> it's very stressful. The job is very stressful. It's very hard. Uh, I've cried a few times. I've actually screamed once or twice um, just dealing with uh, customers and, and difficult people. <laughs> But I'm not, you know, I keep reminding myself this is temporary. Like, my promises from God are eternal. But this momentary light affliction is temporary and it's going to pass. But yesterday morning, I um, I love the scripture from Ephesians 2.10. And we're going to look at that. But I just want to look at some verses leading up to that just to get into that verse. But um, I love this passage of scripture. And it's what I base my entire ministry on because the Lord led me to it. And most of you know, if you follow me, that I'm a big uh, proponent of of the word providence. Uh, actually, my song Providence came from it, that the Lord gave me this word. And then um, I ended up writing a book about providence. And what providence means, the actual definition is God conceived as uh, the power guiding and sustaining human destiny. 
And I just want to encourage you today that, um, you know, if the scripture says that um, those that are God's have been called and ordained before the beginning of time and God has specific plans for them. And I I believe that um, everyone God has called everyone, but not everyone has responded. And God knows the ones that are going to respond to him. And those are the ones that you see this divine providence in their life. It's not that God had favorites and that some people just didn't make the cut. It's that those people God knew in their heart that they were not going to choose him. And so you don't see divine providence the way that you would see it on someone else. Um, And so, um, you know, when we're walking through life, and things either go the way, you know, they go a certain way, good or bad, it looks like from the surface. I believe that that's God controlling and sustaining and guiding human destiny. And that word has carried me through so much because even <clears throat> even the times that I thought God was um, not in control or or God was cruel to me and shutting doors that I thought would should be opened. I've come to realize now there was a reason for that, just like there was a reason for Joseph and the the reason he had to be thrown into, uh, you know, the pit and Potiphar's house and then eventually prison. He needed to be in a specific place at a specific time in order to do what God had called him to do. And so when doors close in your face <laughs> or you get betrayed and tossed into a pit, Or even worse, you get accused of something you didn't do and you're constantly mistreated and betrayed and you end up in a prison. That's still providence. And how in the world do you live in such a way that when things like that happen, see, it's easy for me to to title a message, um, you know, what did I call this? Let me look at it one more time because it was kind of a long title. How to embrace the life you have and let go of disappointment. Now tell that to somebody like Joseph who's trapped in a prison. But you know what? Joseph did it. And that story is there for us. It's true. It's not just some made up fairy tale. That story is there for us so that we can see that it's possible. Joseph did it and he wasn't even filled with the Spirit of God. How much more can we do things that are extremely difficult and not fair because we are filled with the Spirit of God. I hope that gives you hope. So I just want to read, I just want to read Ephesians 2 a little bit. I love this scripture so much. Um, God's power raised us from the dead, and his fullness fills you, even though you were once like corpses. This is verse 1: dead in your sins and offenses. It wasn't that long ago that you lived in the religion, customs, and values of this world obeying the dark ruler of the earthly realm who fills the atmosphere with his authority and works diligently in the hearts of those who are disobedient to the truth of God. The corruption that was in us from birth was expressed through the deeds and desires of our self-life. Man, this is kind of like, ugh. We live by whatever natural cravings and thoughts our minds dictated, living as rebellious children subject to God's wrath like everyone else, right? But God still loved us with such great love. He is so rich in compassion and mercy. Even when we were dead and doomed in our many sins, he united us into the very life of Christ and saved us by his wonderful grace. He raised us up with Christ, the exalted one, when we ascended with him into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm, for we are now seated as one with Christ. Throughout the coming ages, we will be the visible display of the infinite, limitless riches of his grace and kindness, 
which was showed upon us in Jesus Christ. For it was only through this wonderful grace that we believed in him. Nothing we did could ever earn this salvation, for it was the gracious gift from God that brought us to Christ. So no one will ever be able to boast, for salvation is never a reward for good works or human striving. That's a good scripture. Salvation is never a good a reward for good works or human striving. That just kind of um, <laughs> shuts down all religion that you know seeks to um, get to God through its good works. We have become His poetry, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny that He has given each of us. For we are joined to Jesus, the the Anointed One. Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to to fulfill it. So this uh, Ephesians 2.10 is the passage of scripture that I based my entire ministry on. We have become his poetry. The Greek word is poema. It is where we get our English word poem from. And this is such a fantastic word. You know, some translations say masterpiece, worksmanship. But, you know, one of the ways that I always describe this, uh, because it to me it has this presence of just almost perfection implied in the word. And, you know, I was, uh, a lot of times when I teach, I tell the story that I had never been to the Rocky Mountains um, until about 2008 or 2007. I'm dating myself. I went up there for a conference, but my husband and I drove in at night from the airport, you know, from um, Denver into Estes Park. And so all that I could see at night was just the winding curving road and the sides of the mountains, which was just like, whoa, I'd never seen anything like that. And so we got to our um, hotel and um, there were these huge windows at the front of the hotel, um, in our room, I mean. And so I got up the next morning, pulled up in those windows, there were huge windows. And there I was at the foot of just this breathtakingly beautiful mountain. I'd never seen anything like that, not up close and in person, you know, maybe on movies. It literally took my breath away. Me and my husband were just in awe of how beautiful it was. I'd never seen anything like that. And to me, that's poema. That's a masterpiece. And only God can make masterpieces. And um, that's what we are. That's what he's doing with us. We have become his poema. Um, you know, and so we're, he's, he's also using the idea of a of poetry, which in my opinion is, I absolutely love poetry. I'm a, uh, songwriter. So I write lyrics. Lyrics are basically poetry set to music, right? So I understand this terminology. Um, there is nothing as beautiful to me because I am a language person, English person as a, as a, a beautiful poem. I mean, it, it can just take your breath away. And that's what he's saying God is doing with our lives, that we have been recreated people, that not only have we been recreated in Christ, which is already enough and is already a masterpiece, but now we're going to fulfill the destiny that he has given each of us because of Christ. So, this destiny was something God planned for you long ago before the foundations of the world. God had already pre-planned this destiny for you that you are going to walk out. So you can take comfort in this scripture because it's saying that it doesn't matter 
what you face right now, this is part of God's plan for you. And and why am I saying that? See, nothing is happening to you by accident. It is literally all providence. And I think there's a lot of believers who need to hear that right now in the middle of COVID, the middle of, hopefully it's almost over, honestly, the middle of all the, the racial tension. Um, maybe you've lost your job. Maybe your business tanked. Maybe you're um, facing, you know, family problems. Maybe you're in the middle of a divorce, whatever. Am I saying that God caused those horrible things to happen to you? Absolutely not. But He is going to use them. Um, he is going to use them to position you, to uh, help you, to deal with you, to to train you, to get your character to what it needs to be so that you can eventually walk out the destiny for you. And so how do you embrace the life you have and let go of any disappointment you had or you have? And I want to tell you, I'm going to give you about five points. And these are the points that I've used, you know, as I sit back and think about this, this morning, I was writing this out and what are the things that have helped me to embrace the life I have? You know, some people don't struggle with this as much as others. Um, but I was a person that did, you know, I, I guess I expected a life of perfection or however you want to say that. So all right, so here's my five steps. I'm sure I'm missing some, or five points on how to embrace the life you have and let go of your disappointment. Number one, <laughs> learn. You have to learn how to be thankful and humble before God. You know, I think when I when I say this statement, I'm thinking about Satan and how Lucifer fell from heaven with his angels, which became demons. And it was because, in my opinion, it was the sin of pride, but I believe it started with just ungratefulness. Not being thankful, um, you know, for what God had given him. Not just recognizing that and just living in a place of thankfulness. I mean, he was, you know, him and Michael are the archangel, from my understanding, are basically on the same level they are at the top of the hierarchy under God so it's it's shocking to me that someone could have that high of a a place in in God's kingdom and be that ungrateful like that wasn't enough and I just wonder sometimes if we aren't just so ungrateful and it makes me kind of makes me think of the prodigal son too which I'll talk about in a, in a few points down from here but just learning how to be thankful and humbling yourself before God and that can be you know just looking at your your life and just going back to the basics of just what has Christ really done for me? Like, what has he really done for me? And realizing that you were a sinner. We just read about, you know, that first few passages, first few scriptures in Ephesians where it talked about where we were and how we were trapped under Satan's darkness and bondages and how now we're not <clears throat> because of Christ. And so sometimes we just need to remember Go back to the basics of being grateful for just our salvation, you know, and if that's all you feel like you could be thankful for, start there, but humble yourself before God and, and say it out loud, you know, Lord, I'm thankful that you did this and this for me, just that you saved me, God. And I think if you do that, you start doing that daily, you'll start finding that you are, um, your heart is softening before God and you're letting go of some of that anger and resentment and the disappointment that you feel 
And then that would be, you know, leading into number two is to repent for any entitlement or pride. So this is, I think, what set will set you free. And I had to do this several times was just repent because there was a sense of entitlement. This is really, really scary. But, you know, I've, I've watched some documentaries on serial killers. I know I just totally was like shocked everyone with what I just said. Do you know what the sociologists and the psychologists that study serial killers say? Their number one problem is that they have a sense of entitlement. They The sense of entitlement is that I want something and I'm just going to take it and I deserve it and it's my right. So they're killing people, raping whatever, you know, in horrible ways, dismembering their bodies just because they felt like they deserved, they had a right to that. They were entitled to it. And so that's really scary to me. And I believe that that was the same sin that led to, to Satan's downfall that started it all was this sense of entitlement, and the, which was, you know, also pride, which led to pride, I believe. And so, you know, we have to just really be watchful of that and repentant of that when it tries to creep up, you know, like you go through something really hard and you get mad and frustrated and you just say, I can't believe you let this happen to me. After all the things I've done for you, Lord, why would this happen to me? Like, like we deserve anything better than what everyone else has to go through. Now that wouldn't be a just God to say, oh, these people don't have to, my, these, my children, because they're all God's children. We're all God's children. This certain group of them, they won't have to ever have any heartache or pain, but everyone else will. That wouldn't be a just God. The Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust, right? And so we have to really watch this and repent of it when it tries to creep up in our spirit. If you want to have and learn how to have a joyful life and just embrace the life you have at the moment and let go of disappointment, you have to learn how to repent of any entitlement or pride. And, and number three would be to replace, um, first identify and replace any lies that you believe. I believe this is critical if you are going to be a person of um, joy and hope and faith, but also a a person that God can use and you can walk out your destiny, you're going to have to learn. You're going to have to be a master discerner. You're going to have to be the kind of person who you hear something, a statement, either from a person or you just think it. It kind of goes through your mind. You hear it in your spirit. You're going to have to go, okay, that was not God. I'm not going to accept it. This is what it's this is part of growing up and maturing as a believer. This is what Paul talks about a lot is just maturing as a believer. And um, to me, a sure sign of a believer, a mature believer is someone who's moved beyond believing lies from the enemy. And, and I can promise you this, you'll never fully move into your destiny until you become a master level discerner and you're not believing lies anymore. And, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get there and I'm better. I can tell you I'm way better than I was five years ago, 10 years ago, 12 years ago. Do I still have moments of weakness? Do I still have area, you know, room to grow in this? Of course I do. Of course I do, but I'm getting better. And that's evidence of the fruit of the Spirit of God inside of me, teaching me and growing me, you know, uh, in this area. But it's very important that you learn how to identify and replace any lies, specifically lies about God and about you. Okay, God's character, if you have a lie that says something like, well, God did it for that person, but he'll never do it for me. Okay, 
that's an assault against God's character. God has no favorites. That is clearly a lie. But we can get sucked into that and actually believe that and kind of have like this pity party for ourselves and try to invite other people and they don't want to come. Why? They, they don't want to come. That's a lie. I don't want to show up for your miserable party if you're believing things like that. It's not going to be fun, right? God doesn't want us to believe things like that about him. It's it's an assault on him. He, you know, he's a person too. He doesn't just, he has feelings. You know, I mean, to, to say something like that, a lie about him is hurtful. It would be hurtful if someone said that about you behind your back, your kid. You know, if your kid's asking you for, um, I don't know, a a Jeep or something, and they're seven years old, you can get them a toy Jeep to play with, but you're not going to give them a, a brand new Jeep Grand Cherokee when they're seven. You're probably not even going to give them that when they're 16, right? Because they are not ready for that. That's not, they have not developed the ability to drive it, or they don't have the mental capacity yet that's developed to navigate a vehicle like that, and they're not responsible yet, right? So God withholds things because we're not ready for them. And the, the best thing we can do is to be grateful for that, you know, and not believe lies about him that say, oh, he just doesn't love me. He has favorite other favorites, but I'm not one of them. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. <laughs> Number four, discern between soul and spirit dreams. So, um, man, I always feel like I run out of time on these episodes. You know, this was a big one for me. Um, I had to learn how to, to discern between what in my soul I was wanting and what the true spiritual dream God had sent me because the truth is they were kind of intertwined. Yes, God did have does still have a destiny for me concerning music. And I believe I'll get to walk that out. But does it look exactly like my soul thought it would? No, it does not. And therein lies the struggle for most of us is things do not look the way we thought they would. And so we allow ourselves to fall into disappointment. How do you not do that? You hand your dream over to God. You hand your dream over to God and say, I, I have, you know, I, I'm not going to allow expectation to be my God. If this doesn't look the way I thought it would, I'm going to keep surrendering it to you over and over every single day. And I'm going to find joy in that because you, this is what I learned. You are my sole source of joy, God, not the dream fulfilled, not getting what I want because sometimes I got what I want and didn't even make me happy. God, just being in your presence is the source of all joy. That's the scripture. In your presence is fullness of joy. Fullness of joy. That's the only place you're going to find it is in him. So I encourage you to just dive into that. Dive into him. And if you, uh, you know, you're, you're finding that your soul is longing for a dream that hasn't been quite, um, God hasn't brought it to pass yet. You know, Lord, what in my soul, what is it about my soul that wants the dream fulfilled? You know, am I even believing for something that is not exactly what you said? So for me, I had these huge holes in my soul uh, because I had grown up with such insecurity and no self-confidence and thought I was ugly and inferior. So to me, having the dream that I had imagined in my mind that God had said fulfilled would I thought would have validated my existence. Okay, so I had to learn that that's not going to validate my existence. The fact that God loves me and that I am worthy to him is what validates my existence. I am a daughter of God. So I had to learn that. That's a whole episode, and I don't have time to dive into that really deep today. But that's just something that is huge 
as far as embracing your life and letting go of disappointment. Okay, the last one, number five, is learning to enjoy the gift of life every day. So instead of waking up every day and being disappointed, learn how to enjoy the gift of life. Learn to just find the things in your life that are beautiful because I'm telling you, everything changes. Everything changes. Your kids grow up. Um, your marriage may change. <laughs> your, you know, you may switch churches and you may not ever see the people that you're with right now again. You may switch jobs and you'll never see those coworkers again. So my advice to you is to look at the people around you right now and value them and invest in those relationships and enjoy them and enjoy this season that you're in because it's going to change. So find the things about it that you do like because I promise you not everything in that season is bad. And a wise person will say, you know what, I'm grateful. I may not really like, 100% like this job, but it's, it pays really well and it has great insurance and benefits you know, or whatever it is. Find the things that you're grateful for and stop dwelling on the things that you are frustrated with. That's the worst thing you can do. Um, I learned this the hard way and I'm, I'm even having to remind myself of this season, of this truth right now in this season I'm in because my job is so frustrating and hard, but I have to keep telling myself, but remember how well you get paid <laughs> and remember how this is helping your family become debt free. And things like that. So, I don't know. I think that this is probably one of, in my opinion, this is one of the most powerful messages I've probably released um, on, on the uh, podcast. And I hope that it helped you. And I hope that you can see um, that not embracing your life and living in disappointment is not God's will for you. Um, God has so much more. He wants you to live in a place of uh, hope and peace and joy and faith for the future. Because that's who he is, and he has great things in store for you. So, friends, be blessed, and I will, uh, I'm ready to see you guys next week. Hey, friends, thank you for showing up for today's episode. I wanted to take a second and tell you about my book, Providence Embrace Your Beautiful Destiny. So, when God gives you a dream, it doesn't come with a manual, does it? At first, excitement and longing for that dream can drive you. But if you don't understand God's process of preparing you for the dream, you can travel a disappointing, discouraging, and confusing path. And then here's the thing. Dreams inspired by God require intense seasons of refinement, perseverance, and character development. Whatever you must endure to reach His dream for you is outweighed by the glory of being changed by God in the most uncommon ways. So I'd love for you to have this book in your hands. There's a couple of different ways you can get it. You can go to my website, shannastrange.net, or you can go to Amazon and just look up Providence, Embrace Your Beautiful Destiny, and you'll find it. It's in digital form, or you can order hard copy. Thanks, and I'll see you next week.